0: I'm Cecil Fay Lunsman.
1: But, but I'm called Bunny. Bunny. All, right. All right. So, so anyway, anyway, that's, that's what everybody knows, everybody knows me as. Okay. In fact, I think the first time I met Bunny, you introduced yourself as Grandma Bunny to me. Yeah. And it was right here in this hallway, and I had yeah. just been voted in as the lead pastor of Tri County Assembly of God. It's hard to believe that was three three and a half years ago. It's been, yes. Yeah. So so my question today is is Bunny, how long have you attended Tri County Assembly of God slash New Heights Church?
0: All right. Uh, my son, uh, Mark, just turned 60, and he was two and a half when I um, started here, and so I figured it up is about 57-plus years.
1: 57 years.
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: 57 years. So you've been through all of it. You've been in the first building, middle building, yes. and now this building. Yes. Okay, so, Bunny, what drew you to Tri-County Assembly when you first started attending?
0: Uh, I had a neighbor that brought me.
1: You got an invite.
0: I did. Hey,
1: how about that? An invitation.
0: And I loved it from the start. Everybody was so friendly and uh, just welcomed me. And uh, yeah.
1: So you felt you had a place at the table right away. Yes. All right. Well, you've, you've attended this church under three different pastors. So I'm sure you've experienced a lot of change. What advice would you give to somebody who's wanting longevity here at New Heights Church?
0: Oh my okay, okay. Uh, um well, well number, number one, one was pastor uh rosenberg hugh, hugh and, and i, I learned, and learned under him uh, that um that, that everybody, everybody is important, important all right? right? and, and that you you forgiving, forgiving and, and then i, then I got grounded in god's word and, and then when pastor brad came it was love all serve all and, and since you come i'm very glad that you're my pastor all right and um uh, under your ministry and um, reading God's word, uh, I feel like we could maybe usher in Jesus coming back.
1: Mm, amen. Amen. Bunny, what are some, some of the ministries that you've personally been involved with throughout the years?
0: Um, well, if there, was, if there was a need, I tried to um, meet that need, but I wasn't the only one. I mean, everybody that's out here. You know, was a help in that. I taught Sunday school, and uh, what what
1: age group Sunday school
0: did you teach? Oh, I taught two and three year olds to start with, then five year olds, and then third, fourth grade, and then tenth grade, and then I had junior high and high school.
1: So you've literally taught almost every age group under eighteen.
0: Uh, just about. Yeah. Wow. And I love them.
1: You love all of them. Uh Currently, right now, she's a youth sponsor. Every Wednesday night with our youth group, yeah, isn't that incredible? And you, you've even been a small group leader, you've, you've had some small groups since I've yes. been here, and you're kind of just doing everything. When I first came, you were jumping in and helping with the summer camps that mm-hmm. TCA used to do, and I think Liam was in one of your classes, so I knew yes, you were tough, yes. right off the bat, <laughs> yeah. Well, how important is it, would you say, how important is it to be involved in different ministries, and how has it affected your life spiritually?
0: I feel like it's very important, and I just know that when I first came here and got involved, um, some of my best friends are the ones that I met here at church, and we did life together. And um, so, if somebody was having a problem, then they would come, if it was me, then they would come and, and love on me. And the same thing, you know, if they were having a problem, you know, we would come and love on them. And um, so, therefore, I feel it's very important to um, get involved. If, if you're able, get involved.
1: Community. Yes. Community yes. is yes. a big deal. Yes. Yeah. And you've experienced that. You know, Bunny didn't know I was going to do this, but I grew up in the assemblies of God. And so, I grew up as a pastor's kid. My father was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My great grandfather was a pastor. And my great great grandfather was a pastor, and so all of my life, we, we do really well in the Assemblies of God of, of showing honor and paying honor, and a lot of times, it's the pastors who, well, they're the, they're the ones up front on stage, and so uh, they're the ones who are hearing from God the vision, they present it to the body, and then you get these incredible stories of God doing these incredible things, and Tri-County Assembly of God, uh, New Heights Church, is, it has an incredible legacy, I mean, we just just do. We've been around for over 60 years now, and we've been doing incredible things for the kingdom of God. Isn't that something that's exciting, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and oftentimes, I, I didn't learn this until I came here and I was a pastor myself. Again, growing up as a pastor's kid, I've been the assistant pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor, kids pastor. I think I have done it all. But when I came here, I realized how crucial the body of Christ is and how s- there's so many unsung heroes sitting in the chair, because every successful church obviously can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit, and they obviously can't do it without a pastor that's been placed there, but they can't do it without the people. Because the pastor casts the vision, and it's the people who grab a hold of it, and the people who make it happen, who, who materialize that vision. And Bunny's, Bunny is very special to this church, very special to me and my wife and very special to this body and this community. And it's because of people like Bunny that Pastor Hugh and Pastor Brad and now myself uh, were able to make a difference in the world and impact this world for Jesus Christ because of people like this who are faithful. And you heard it from her her own mouth. She saw a need and she jumped in. Pastors pray for people like this every single day. And so Bunny, you are such a uh, gift and a blessing To this church. Okay, thank you. And she doesn't like compliments, but I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) And and people like this just don't come around very often. 57 years at the same church with three different pastors and all kinds of different changes. That's faithfulness. And so can you guys give it up for Bunny? Bunny, I think you got a special story that you're going to read. I do. Yes. Okay. All right. You need me to hold that mic for you? Yeah. Okay.
0: That would be great. All right. Or you can. Well, we can do that. I don't know if it'll work. Great. Okay. okay. Um, since, since, since since I've been here, been here so long, um, I've been reading this book for a long time. <laughs> and it, actually, my first one fell apart. And um, Pam um, Ledford um, was able to find one. They've c- completely making these and she found me one that was in a little bit better shape than mine was and so um, but each Christmas um, I would this is what I would read to the junior high and high school kids and um, so anyway I hope that you enjoy it uh, this morning all right it's called little tree and his wish many many years ago in a forest across the sea there stood a very sad little tree He was a sad little tree, but he was not a lonely tree. The animals of the forest loved him and came to rest and play in his branches. Why are you sad, little friend, asked the squirrels. The little tree stood with drooping branches and answered, Nobody wants me. I'm scrawny and little, and my wood is not very good. The squirrels twittered in the branches, heard this, and scolded little tree. "'We don't think you're scrawny. "'We like to build nests in your branches. "'Please don't be sad, Little Tree.' "'Thank you, my dear friends,' answered Little Tree. "'I would indeed be a lonely tree "'without you to keep me company.' "'Just then they heard footsteps on the forest floor. "'Shh,' said Little Tree. "'Here they come again. "'A hushed stillness came over him. "'The animals watched Little Tree "'trying to raise his drooping branches.' Why, whispered the chipmunks, is Little Tree trying to stand so straight and tall? The voice came closer. Then they could see the woodsmen with their shiny axes. The men stopped at a, stir- at a nearby tree. Here's a splendid tree, said a man. His wood will make a sturdy wall. Little Tree and his friends watched the men while they chopped down the tree. Finally, the men went away. Little Tree's branches slowly started to droop again. We like your branches better this way, chirped the birds. I wish I were a strong tree, too, cried Little Tree. I wish someone would say that I'd make a sturdy wall. The squirrels chattered among themselves. Little Tree is strong. We like to hop and climb on him. Then they said to Little Tree, please don't wish to go away. I just can't help it, sighed Little Tree. Just think of all the wonderful things th- these strong trees can be. They can be houses or tables or boats or palaces imagine said little tree dreamingly the very best tree could even be a throne for a king as the days went by little tree forgot the woodsman and began to be cheerful again the animals scampered and scurried back and forth through him one hot afternoon he gave shade to some tired laughing children but then the sound of the axe was again heard in the forest the animals hot hoped little tree wouldn't be sad again Soon, his branches were dropping more than usual. The news went whispering through the forest. They're cutting the great-grandfather tree, the great-grandfather tree, the great-grandfather tree. He will be a large house for many people, said the squirrels. Men will build him into a ship to sail far away, said the birds. Oh, sobbed little tree, I wish somebody wanted me. But then one day, a little old man came into the forest. He looked at the trees. He looked at the Tall trees, he looked at the short trees, he looked at the old trees, and he looked at the young trees. He stopped and looked at Little Tree. The animals held their breath. Little Tree looked as proud as he could. Yes, yes, Little Old Man said, this is the tree I want. This wood will be all right. Little Tree cried to his friends, Did you hear that? He wants me. He wants me. The axe hit its first blow. The animals said goodbye to the tree. And flittered away. Little tree was so happy, he hardly noticed uh, blows. I wonder what I'll be. A table? A chair? A treasure chest? Wondered little tree. Little tree was excited and happy. He kept guessing what he would be all the way to the little old man's house. When the little old man came to his house, he took little tree out to the stable. He dropped little tree in a corner. Little tree fell in the dark corner and stayed there for a long time. At first little tree was sad and lonely. He was worried. What will happen to me? he asked. Did he forget me? He missed his friends in the forest. I wonder how they are, he thought. But then he started to watch the cows and the sheep. The barn is a nice cozy place, he said to himself. He soon found new friends in all the animals in the barn. One day the little old man came right to the dark corner. I knew your you would come in handy sometimes, said the little old man as he picked up the little tree. Then the little old man began to use his tools. little tree was excited. What will I be? What will I be? He said over and over to himself. Yes, sir, the little old man said. You were mighty scrawny, but your wood will be all right for a manger. We need a sturdy manger to hold the hay for the cows. Little tree decided I'd rather be a manger than lonely old wood in the corner. But how I dreamed of palaces and kings. For many years, little tree held the sweet, moist hay for the cattle. He liked the low moo of the cows and the swish swish of their tails. One night, as the long man came to the door, to the stable, a man and a woman came to him. They looked tired. Their clothes were and feet were dusty as if they had come a long way. Good evening, sir, they said. We are strangers here, explained the man. No one seems to have any room for us, and we are waiting for our baby to Arrive soon. My name is Joseph, and this is my wife Mary. Could we perhaps stay in the stable for the night? I'll be glad to let to help you out," said the little old man. "There's plenty of hay to keep you uh, warm and cozy." And the little old man let them in. Little Tree was all excited by the visit. He thought, "And we'll soon have a baby here too." Joseph made a bed of hay for Mary and himself in the corner, and they laid down to rest. After a while, Joseph got up, looked around, and took the manger to Mary's side, then put fresh, clean hay into the manger. It was then that Mary had a beautiful baby boy. She laid him in the manger. Little tree's heart skipped a beat. He never dreamed he'd cradle a sweet child. Little tree was so happy. I like being a bed for a baby. The child is warm and soft, lying in the hay. Then Little Tree heard many soft footsteps coming. He looked and saw shepherds in the stable. The shepherds told Mary and Joseph, an angel told us the baby was born. They said the whole sky was filled with angels singing praises to God. The shepherds came closer to the manger. They looked at the baby. Little Tree could see how happy they were. Quietly, the shepherds kneeled. Little Tree heard the shepherds pray, Thank you, dear Lord, for sending us your son. Why said little tree this child isn't just a sweet baby this is a very special baby this baby is God's son this baby is a king the little tree thank God that he could be a throne for such a very great king thank you dear God for making me a scrawny little tree he said why had i been a big and beautiful tree i would never be the manger now <laughs>
1: you know this this is the the perfect story for our our christmas service because this is what it's all been about we've talked about invitation god wants to invite all doesn't mean all will come doesn't mean all will say yes but god wants to invite all to the table he uses us in the process of doing that and and i love that story and i love that you've read that for years and you're right the book is out of print because we look we wanted to get you a new one oh. Four hundred thirty-six dollars on uh, eBay oh, is what we my found. Word. So we're gonna hold on to this one.
0: <laughs> yes, we are.
1: But, but, Bunny, I can't think of anybody anybody better to pray over our church. Uh, again, over sixty years old, lots of incredible things that we've done in the past, and lots of incredible things God wants to do for us in the future. But the way that God's gonna accomplish that is if we all participate and we all embrace mm-hmm. that call. Would you, mm-hmm. would you, before you? I know you got to go, and I know the train's going <laughs> to come pick you up. But would you please pray over New Heights Church mm-hmm. as we enter into the yes. year 2024? And just would you pray that each of us would embrace our purpose and mm-hmm. whatever it is God is asking us to do this coming year? And yeah. as corporately okay. as a body, that we would we would obey okay. and walk forward. All
0: right. Can can I just say a word before?
1: Yes, please.
0: All right. Um, in Solomon, when. Um, not Solomon. I'm sorry. Samuel um, was told by God to go and anoint a new king. He went, and the first son that came past, Jesse's son, was big and handsome, and you know, and good looking. And and Samuel said, "This surely is the one." And God said, "No, no. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart." And I want you to know today the Lord is concerned about your heart. And he wants you to come to know him as, his, as your personal Savior. Amen. Father, I just pray that you would just touch each person. Lord, that's here today. Lord, it doesn't make any difference. Father, whether we're tall or short, what color hair we have, what color eyes we have, what color skin we have. Lord, it doesn't make any difference. Father, because you love every one of us. So, Lord, I just pray that this year, as we start almost a new year, Lord, that you would touch each one here today, Lord, and Father, let them know that they are important to you and that you have something for them to do, and that you, um, that that whatever it is, Lord, uh, that you know that you would be glorified in all this i pray for pastor justin and the staff lord pray that you would just bless them in a special way and uh, lord that you would guide and direct us through their ministry this coming year and i thank you and i praise you for that
1: amen amen you know bunny you probably won't know till you get to heaven how many lives you've touched but new heights church will you one more time give it up for for bunny 57 years of faithfulness. You're an inspiration. Love you so much. Love you so much. Money's gonna be preaching in January. She's <laughs> Okay, you're gonna help. I've got a special escort who's gonna help you, okay. Miss Bunny. He's gonna Yes. Everybody wave at Miss Bunny and Liam, you're you're leaving your you're supposed to help her, Liam. (laughs) That's all right. We learn. (laughs) There you go. He takes over somebody. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Miss Bunny. She really was one of the first, first people uh, Liz and I met here when we were voted in to be the new lead pastors of Tri-County Assembly, and um, she's just truly really amazing, isn't she? We're so, so appreciative and grateful for her. Hey, today's the real Christmas miracle. They've given me five minutes. You think I can do this? Five minutes, you think I can round third base and bring it home? <laughs> Well, I just want to focus on one verse today. I think you guys have been seeing a theme over and over. We've talked about invitation, and, and Bunny talked about it. How did she come to church? She was invited. Isn't that something? So, you know, we've been in the book of Revelation. We've been in chapter 22. We've, we've been looking at verse 17, but it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts, Come on. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So the Spirit mentioned here is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit's in the world. He's convicting people of sin, righteousness, judgment, and he's drawing people to the cross. But, but I want you to notice something. It's not just the Spirit. It's the Spirit and who? The Spirit and the Bride. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Who's the Bride? Who's the Bride? That's the church. It's unmistakably the church, the church of Jesus Christ. Three times in the New Testament, the church of Jesus Christ The people of God are called the bride of Christ. Three times. 2 Corinthians 11, Ephesians 5, and here in Revelation chapter uh, at the end of the book. So so yes, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in the world. He's drawing people to Jesus. We've talked about this. It's the Holy Spirit who draws people to salvation. But here's the incredible part of of this invitation. The church, that's anybody who's called Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, gets to be a part of that process. That's God's will. Isn't that amazing? So those of us who have been changed by the gospel should become instruments of change for the gospel. Now think about that. Now I bet some of you have heard of Henry Blackaby. He's a, a famous Christian author. I first was introduced to him at seminary and he quickly became one of my favorite authors. But he wrote the book, Experiencing God. If you haven't read it, I recommend it. There's one sentence in that book that really got my attention and I wanna share with you today. He said, what you do in response to God's calling... That's, that's the call to go and make disciples. And by the way, that call is for everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, then you are called to go make disciples. He says, what you do in response to God calling you to this task reveals what you believe about God. You think about that for a minute. I, I, think, I think that statement's pretty good. It makes a lot of sense because if you really believe in a product, right, you're going to want to make sure that as many people as possible get exposed to whatever that product is. I mean, that's just the truth, right? If this, if this is what you believe to be true, if you believe in something, you're going to tell others about it. And, and if you're not sure about the product, then you won't. But if you've experienced, if you've truly experienced the gospel, if you have truly experienced the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, then you are compelled to go tell other people about it. And so what you do in response to God's calling you to this task reveals what you believe about God. So we're a part of the process. God's inviting. It means we should be inviting on his behalf. Somebody invited Bunny to church. We are all a part of the body of Christ. We are all a part of the church. We are his mouth. We're his hands bringing people in. Remember remember when Jesus gave a parable of the great feast, this this. He gives this illustration of a great feast, kind of like what we have here, this this table where people were invited and he sends out these invitations. Do you remember what happened? A lot of them said, oh, I'm busy, I can't come. I don't wanna come, I can't come. They turned away the invitation. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. You remember that? And think about invitations. Speaking of invitations, there was Andrew who was invited by his brother Peter. Aren't you glad that there are Andrews to invite guys like Peter's? Come on. (laughs) And he said, we have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. He invited him to come to Jesus. Philip did the same thing with his friend Nathaniel. He said, we've found the one the prophets and Moses said would come, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, can anything good come from Nazareth? And and I love how Philip answered his friend. He said, Come, come and see, just like Jesus. Come and see. You don't believe me? Come, just come and check it out yourself. And then there was the Samaritan woman whose life Jesus changed. And afterwards, she went to all of her neighbors and all the villagers and said, What? Come and see the man who told me everything I've ever done. Come and see. Then there was the Apostle Paul. (laughs) who said this, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. That's 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are his ambassadors. Now listen, never, never underestimate the power of a simple invitation. Never underestimate the power of a simple invitation. It changed Peter's life. It changed Nathaniel's life. It changed the Samaritan villager's life. And thousands of people have been changed from a simple invitation. Now, I love Max Lucado, and I will close with this story. <laughs> and all of you say, wow, Christmas miracle. <laughs> I love Max Lucado, whatever you call him. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I love his books. And in one of his books, he tells this story of him as a little child, and they're going on, they do this annual fishing trip with their family, and he is so excited to go. He always goes with his mother, his father, and his brother. But one year, his mother and his brother could not go. They were sick, and so they weren't able to make it. And the dad says, Max, invite a friend. And we'll just go. And so he was so excited. He just told his friend all about this fishing trip. It's amazing. He says, You got to come. You got to be a part of this. And so the friend's excited. They get the camper ready. They drive to the spot. They get there late at night. They set up. And so they want to go to bed early so the next morning they can fish. The problem was the next morning a storm came through. Such a horrible storm. The wind was blowing so hard on the camper, they said they couldn't even get the door open. And the wind was choppy, the the sky was gray. And so the dad says, listen, no fishing today. We'll wait it out in the camper. We'll wait till tomorrow. So that's what they do. They wait it out and uh, they, they get bored. They've got one board game. It was Monopoly and they had one reader's digest. And so, you know, that's what they do that first day. And they're so excited by the end of the day to go to bed, wake up the next morning. The problem is the next morning they had an ice storm. And so the door is literally frozen shut. They can't get out. Weather's terrible. Dad doesn't want to go out. So he tells the boys the same thing. Let's wait it out and tomorrow we'll go. Same thing. They, they're sick and tired of playing. Monopoly's not fun with three people. <laughs> You know, so they're, but they do it and they read the same articles again in Reader's Digest. This was before you had iPads and cell phones and could just turn on like Tom and Jerry for the kids. So, so again, same thing. They're getting cranky now. Third day comes, they go to bed or they, they wake up the third day and this time it's sleet, a storm again. The dad's like, we cannot go out. It's not good conditions. The kids are going crazy now. What happens when you are in a camper with with two kids, even if they're best friends? After three days, they're the worst of enemies. They don't like each other. They're fighting. It's cranky. It's nasty. The dad is praying, God, please, for my sake, <laughs> you know, let let it be nice tomorrow. The next day, same thing. A horrible storm. So finally, the dad just says, forget this. We're, we're going to just drive home. And and here is Max's uh, concluding statement in the story. He says, when those are called to fish, don't fish, they fight. When those are called to fish, don't fish, they fight. Now, when I I hear that, I, I can't help but think of some churches and believers that I know who find it so important to disagree and fight about so many little things. And if we were just fishing, if we would just get busy fishing, then maybe we wouldn't be fighting so much. I am sick and tired of getting on social media. I'm this close to just quitting all social media because I'm so depressed and discouraged getting on it. Instead of reading encouraging and uplifting things, I see so many Christians fighting about the stupidest things. And I think, man, if we would just get busy fishing, doing what we were called to do, then maybe we wouldn't be fighting. Right? Because here's here's the truth and here's where I'll close. God uses his church. This is what we've been talking about this whole time. Jesus came to bring hope and peace. That's what Christmas is about, right? Jesus came to bring hope and peace, but Jesus also called us to be a part of extending that invitation. Christmas is about the greatest invitation of all. But it's just not an invitation that you accept and then you don't do anything with it. You and I, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, are called to extend that invitation. We're called to be a part of it. And God uses his church to reach people. We need each other, church. We need each other. We are all, all of us, incomplete, insufficient for life. At least for what God wants from our lives. Without deep and meaningful involvement in the church. I love it. Bunny, 57 years of deep involvement of the church. She has not just been attending this church for 57 years sitting in a pew. She's been involved. Wherever there was a need, she jumped in. She's taught from pretty much zero to 18 years old. There are countless people all over this world right now whose life has been touched because Bunny said yes. Right? I think... I think this is why in Romans 12, 5, Paul says this, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Paul's favorite analogy for the church is a body. And it's, it's brilliant because think about it. How does the body take care of itself? Through other members of the body, right? Okay, when my stomach is hungry, uh, it sends a message to the brain that says, feed me, Right? My brain does not just magically make food materialize. It doesn't do that. It sends a message to my feet to take Justin somewhere. Preferably Skyline is what it's usually, that's the, the message it's usually communicating. But I often, instead of going to Skyline or Dunkin' Donuts, will go to the vegetable shop, <laughs> buy some kale. <laughs> yeah, right. My feet carry me to the refrigerator or they carry me to the car while I drive to Skyline. And then my brain tells my hand to grab the food and my mouth to chew the food. All of these things are in the process of taking care of the stomach's need for food, right? In some way, Paul says when God wants to do something in your life, he uses another member of the body. If he wants to reach a refugee who's just recently moved into the neighborhood, he's going to use the church, and he's going to use a whole lot of us, right? So, and if he wants to minister to you, he's going to do the same thing. So, what then if you separate yourself from the intimate connection with the body? Well, that's not good. That's not good at all. You see, in pushing away God's body, you're pushing away the very means which God would help you. So I, I think about so many people, and I hear this often so many times, oh God, I feel so lost. I just, I just want you to guide me. I just want you to lead me. And I think God's sitting there probably thinking, oh, uh, hello. You cut yourself off from, the, from my body, the instrument I use to execute my will in the world. You've cut yourself off from me. If you think you don't need a church to know Jesus, then you don't understand how the body works. The body only works when it's connected. The most valuable earthly gift that God has given me, besides my wife and my kids, is the community of the church. It's the community of the church. There are times that God raises up somebody at just the right moment to speak a word of encouragement, maybe a word of warning, maybe a word of guidance, or just even to give a gift of love to minister to me and my family. I need the church. I'm a pastor, but I need you. I need each of you. We need each other. Because the working together of the body of Christ is is the way that God reveals himself in our lives and how he does the greatest work in the world. We're a part of this great invitation. So here's how I want to want to close today. It's simply by praying over you. We've been talking about this, and this has been the hardest thing in the world for me to do, prepare these 10-minute messages. Because if you're if you're a regular at New Heights, well, you know. But really, it's a simple message. Jesus Christ came to the earth to make a, a way for us back to God. You and I can't do anything with our sin. There's nothing we can do. But Jesus on the cross paid the ultimate price. Jesus came so that he could die. Jesus came to bring peace and hope. And so that, the first thing that I wanna do is I just wanna offer that to you. If you do not know that peace, you do not know that hope, today's your day. It's not by accident you've been brought here. I know we've been silly and we've been doing the whole Mr. Rogers gig. Now we're having a spiritual moment though. If you have come here and you have never accepted Jesus as your personal savior, today you can do that. You can experience grace, forgiveness, and mercy, and you can experience a power in your life because the Holy Spirit's gonna come inside of you and he's gonna give you that power, that same power that brought Jesus back from the dead is going to be inside of you to overcome all the things that you don't think you can overcome. You gotta tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you can experience freedom. So what I'm gonna do is ask you to close your, close your eyes, bow your heads, and if that is you and if you're watching from home, you can make this decision. You've never said yes, maybe you've even said the prayer but you didn't really mean it and you never experienced real power or real change, but today you're wanting it, I'm telling you. The power of the Holy Spirit is real. And when you truly surrender your life to Jesus, he comes in and manifests himself in your life in in ways you never thought were possible. So if that's you and you're wanting to give your life to Jesus, you're wanting to surrender to him, all you gotta do is raise your hand. I just wanna pray with you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. That's you. And you want to surrender your life to Jesus. All you gotta do is say yes to him today. All right, we're gonna pray and you can just pray the same prayer. You don't have to repeat after me. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray for you. You just mean it and embrace it. I see that hand, thank you. Father, today we rejoice for the three hands that, that were raised today, the three lives, the three souls that say, today I'm gonna surrender to the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And God, I pray right now that as we're praying and they're praying, you would send your Holy Spirit into their life and they would experience your grace and your mercy and they would experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And today would be the beginning. Today, uh, they would experience what it means to be born again into a new family. They've said yes to the invitation. Now, God, I also pray for those that have already said yes to the invitation. I pray that we would, we would understand our part, our role. It's just like the story that Bunny read. <laughs> we all have a purpose, we all have a part to play in this. This is not a spectator's sport. It's not we come every Sunday to watch the pastor get up and preach. But the best ministry takes place outside these doors throughout the week, the best ministry takes place at the workplace, on the streets. God, you've called us to be ambassadors for you. You have called us to go out and boldly proclaim your gospel, the only gospel that can change lives, the only gospel that can bring life transformation. God, this world is hurting. That's why you sent your son. And I pray that we would understand as we celebrate this Christmas season, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, that we would truly understand what that meant and how that changes things forever for us. And so God, I pray this next week and this next year, you would bring people into our lives that need to hear the amazing gospel message and you would use us to be a part of the salvation process. And we will give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody says,